much. That's good shit. I'm ready to just start it off hot with what your thoughts were on the elf quotes, trying to sound wise. <laughs> I don't think we, we really touched on that enough last episode. See, that's, that's the thing. So I'm rewatching Lord of the Rings. Okay. And um, I'm like really paying attention to the way that the elves talk, the way that the humans talk. You can tell the elves have like, they carry kind of like the weight of the ages with them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here it's like they're acting more like humans than the elves that I know from Lord of the Rings. Do you think it could be that they're missing the aspect of having Gandalf the Grey and some like wizardry wisdom? wisdom? Wizard wisdom? Yeah, some wizard wisdom that they're they're lacking that and so they're trying to force it upon the elves? Could be. Uh, it could be. You mean in terms of like the showrunners? Yeah, 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 yeah. That would make sense. Gotcha. Because Gandalf definitely is known for like his wise sayings right and then they're yeah they're, they're trying to have uh the elves take that spot and so far it's it's fallen a little bit short like what was the line that that galadriel said you can't satisfy thirst by drinking seawater or something yeah you can't quench the thirst by drinking seawater yeah. some some shit right, like that right as which, which she she talked about last episode too and yeah. you you were you were like god that that's really pissing me off right now and then she brought yeah. it back i was like that that was for you michael <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's just like it didn't quite fit it didn't quite ring true like with uh like with what peter jackson did in the lord of the rings okay <sighs> it's time it's to down. well i thought we had something Yeah, so uh, we're here talking episode five now of Rings of Power that we've got elves, we've got Uruks, we've got wizards, and Metal Earth. Episode five, this opened up here with Adar. He was given his, uh, he's digging some dirt. He was given a pep rally to his orcs there. They were ready to march on South Tower. I, I really want to open up this episode first. Like, the, the only story we got was of... Bronwyn and Arendir holding out they, several locations. Adar and the orcs on the hunt after them. Numenor coming in to save them. I mean, you can sum up the episode like that. Yep. Simple enough. No Elrond, Durin, no mm-hmm. Harfoots. Do you think that this episode, because they had like a number of battle sequence scenes and very little of mushy-mush storytelling, do you feel like this was big enough of a battle for TV? Okay, so first of all, in terms of the battle, I'll get to that in a minute. I was really happy with the way they did that. Yeah. But I thought in terms of storytelling, this Uh was the episode that we needed because, I mean, nothing has happened with the Numenorians really. Like, Mm. they've just been chilling in Numenor uh, with Galadriel for the last, like, 15 episodes, it feels like, and nothing has been... With a civil war, if you can't tell by my air quotes here, Uh they somehow had a civil war over there in Numenor. Yeah. And that's not really talked about. Like you mm. see bits and pieces of it here and there. And this is really when the story starts popping yeah. off, is what you're saying. Finally, the story is progressing with the Numenorians and Galadriel. Because I was getting tired of them being a Numenor. Yeah, I the the Numenorians and Galadriel. They they had parts throughout it. It was a much smaller part than what Arendir, Bronwyn, and Adar were playing in this. Yeah, but it it did really well at telling the story and when they combined them all. Exactly. The melding of the three storylines, it made it, the show feel like it was progressing into something. But to answer your question about the battle sequence, mm-hmm. I thought that they, that they did a fantastic job with that. 
Like the the character, the the acting was fantastic. The actual fight scenes were filmed great. The I cinematography. Thought, uh, cinematography. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that volcano blast! I thought oh, that, yeah. that was superb. CGI was great. Yeah. Like it was. I thought it was pretty on par with Lord of the Rings, honestly, in terms okay. of fight scenes. I I was happy with. It. All right, so we'll we'll circle there that the. Adar opens up, give Pepe rallying his orcs. Uh, they started a chant on that. I thought that the way that they were bringing in this dark language of the Uruks mm. that they were talking about um, was really well done. It, it put they they've been doing really well about telling a story about the orcs as well. I've oh, yeah. talked about it before. Yeah, where I'm watching Lord of the Rings, where I didn't really know where the orcs came from or what the backstory was to it. So I feel much more fulfilled by this. And so they had one chant there where they were prepping uh-huh. to go march on the, on the tower. Yeah. What? And it was part of their song as they're marching with the, the drum. Boom, boom, boom. What, what was that again? Yeah. So they were cheering, uh, or well, chanting <laughs> Nampat, which means death in the black speech. And then I was thinking that they were going, <laughs> cheering, cheering death, death, cheering death, death. <laughs> but, um, I thought they were going Nampat, Ooh, ooh. And then I realized they're saying Udun. Oh, okay. Which Udun. means... Dark. That was the name of the episode. Yeah. Meaning Udun, what? Uh, which means dark pit or hell. Or hell. In okay. black speech. Oh. So they're cheering death and then hell. That that really just encompassed the feeling for me of just like, man, these, these orcs are dark kind of thing. They are embodiment of... Yeah. It seems evil. And that's where I got a little bit confused with Adar because Adar, again, I was talking to you during the episode that I, he, he just seems like an elf to me uh, still. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and but he's well, not hundred percent. Um, so we get a little bit of a revelation here where, uh, we found out that, um, when Galandril's talking to Adar, trying to figure out who he is, we find out that he was actually one of the first elves taken by Morgoth, tortured mm-hmm. and twisted. And, uh, he's basically the first generation of orc. Okay. And so I think that's really cool because we get to see kind of what the first generation looks like. And then we get to see all these other orcs. We can see how much uh, more twisted they become mm-hmm. as time goes on. So you can see Adar is the first generation not yeah. so twisted and then the current orc. I, I've made notes on it. I still want to yeah. dive into it more. We were looking a little bit during the episode, but yeah. again, there's different breeds of orcs or they're that from yeah. the different regions you get different kinds of orcs kind mm-hmm. of thing and so again the orcs looked very different in the hobbit compared to the urukai yeah that uh, or or even the, the ones before the urukai uh-huh. um in lord of the rings yeah you got the gundabad orcs uh which the pale orc azog which was the main kind okay, of okay. antagonist in the hobbit yeah and then the urukai in lord of the rings and here you get the just the plain orcs yeah so the difference being that the Orokai are basically just super orcs. You you had some really good points uh, there on Galadriel, and there was a bit as well the storytelling that I wanted to talk about because it had I saw a lot that we were encompassing the theme of it is light and dark, the yeah. uh, evil and good. That there's a lot of light and dark talk with galadriel and halbron with bronwyn or uh yeah bronwyn and theo Mm -hmm. with galadriel and galadriel's brother where they're always talking about a shadow about a darkness about looking up to the light and such and we were actually seeing that there was a good connection between that with uh sam samwise guy um samwise sam yeah samwise gamgee samwise gamgee Mm -hmm. uh 
a connection with Samwise Gamgee that uh, he was saying to Frodo during Lord of the Rings that he had a really good light and dark speech yeah. as well. Um, so this one kind of set off because I'm like I mentioned before, I'm rewatching Lord of the Rings, and so I actually just watched the part in the Two Towers. Yeah. Um, and so that's why like this kind of rang a bell. It, so, it clicked for you, yeah. Um, Bronwyn says, "In the end, the shadow is but a small and passing thing. Uh, there is." Light and high beauty forever beyond its reach. Find the light and the shadow will not find you. And then Sam says to Frodo, and sometimes he didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy? How could that world go back to the way that it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, the shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come and when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Kind of carry on with your theme of light and dark there. Yeah, yeah. Again, that seems to be the, the big thing between Galadriel hunting Sauron mm. and the elves and the orcs. Orcs are all pretty darkly oh. dressed. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas all the good guys are dressed light. Yeah. But then Halbrand. Halbrand. You, yeah. you cannot not convince me that he is Sauron. Oh no, he's though, Sauron. Though this, this episode was very uh, give and take on that theory. Really? Again, he shows up in his armor. He's okay. covered in rings. Uh, but then I looked at him across all of the Numenorians. He's the only one that's in the darkest armor of yeah. them all. It's he, a little bit of visual representation there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling it a bit more. So what do you think about the, the scene where Adar was trying to escape mm-hmm. and then um, Gladro and Halbrand catch up to him and Halbrand's about to kill him? So, so that point uh, leading into a, another is that he... I found it very interesting because Halbron pinned him and says, do you know who I am? Mm. Uh, where then they were talking about Sauron when we, Galadriel had Adar captured and was questioning him. Uh, yeah. say, he said that he killed Sauron. Again, Sauron has gone by many names. And then according to the lore, he was a elf. The name is passing me back by right now. He was an elf that tricked Calabrimbor into forging the rings. So there's still got to be something right here that Sauron is back. Yeah. Again, I think it's him, but Adar didn't recognize Halbron. Yeah, that threw me off. Is he a shapeshifter? Are Maiar's shapeshifters? Kind of. Kind of? So here's... I, I suppose because Gandalf, uh, yeah. he didn't really shapeshift, but he, he became uh, so the white? Here, know. Here's kind of the theory that I've read, and I'm not sure if this is completely backed up. Um, but basically, because Sauron is just kind of so much more powerful than all the other Ma- Maiar. Okay. And so I think when the Maiar, the five, mm-hmm. so Gandalf, Saruman, um, Radagast, and two blue wizards, um, when they were sent to Earth, I think they were kind of downgraded. So I don't think they have their full power because really? they all take on the, the appearance of like old men. And you don't think of old men as like physically strong. Powerful. Whereas okay. Halbron, for example, pretty he's, young dude. He's, yeah, I was going to say they really romanticized him. Yeah. He, he was giving some of those girls out there with daddy issues a run for their money. <laughs> it was like, it's like Aragorn. I was like, I, I was like that. He was giving Aragorn vibes where he was just yeah. that flowy hair. He's uh, the stubble battle hardened. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but yes. So then, uh, Adar is captured by Gladriel and Halbron. Halbron says, "Do you remember me?" Uh-huh. And Adar says, "No," and he starts to tease him a little bit. But then when Gladriel's questioning him, Adar stops and asks Halbron, who are you? Yeah. To which Halbron didn't acknowledge. He just walked uh-huh. out. And 
I, I couldn't tell if he can sense then that he is Sauron. Yeah. That he knows who he is, that he was some somebody great. Mm. I, I really don't know if he's the king of the South because I think that... Yeah. Uh, Drawing more kind of questions as to Halbron's mm-hmm. character. It's pointing us in the direction that he's Sauron for sure. I'm, I'm yeah. convinced. <laughs> I made notes of that. I said, hail to the true king of the South. Sauron, hail to the true king of the south. Sauron, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking that scene. Oh, dude! And then uh, right after that, following that, where you see the crazy barn man, he he actually had the sword. He he yeah. had the the hilt uh, of Sauron's lightsaber, and he set off the watchtower, and it flooded into the the mountain, into the magma there yeah. at the bottom, and you see Mount Doom go off fucking iconic just the way that they kind of did the two next to each other i yeah. think um with them cheering halbron king of the southlands uh-huh. and then it becomes mordor right after it's like Ooh, oh dune yeah Ooh, dune. Ooh, dune. that was that, that was, was epic. fucking sick again the cinematography of that of the eruption the lightning going off inside yeah. of it coming at galadriel standing i don't know if anybody an elf let alone could be taking a volcanic blast to the face like that we'll, no. we'll see where it picks up the next episode that's where it cut off yeah but. i mean i immediately when we we're watching it i was like she got hit by the volcano i'm like they're all dead they're not all surviving dead. that yeah but of course you know they're gonna do some movie magic and they're gonna reappear somehow but realistically, I was yeah. a lot of fire in that. Because we, we even saw Adar, he started to get low. He was hearing the water rushing underneath mm. them because, they the, the again, shelter. the orcs, they were all tearing it apart. So, yeah, he was in the shelter. Again, that's not going to stop you from a fucking fireball yeah. coming down on your head. But uh, from the volcanic blast, perhaps. I had a question about Adar and the orcs, their armor. Have you been paying attention to the orcs' armor? at all not too much it seems very scalish like it's a reptilian that they got it from oh i think i think it is do you think so like where are you getting a reptile that big to make armor for large beings that's a good question they just had to go find that one desertous mountain kind of thing because i think um a few episodes back or might have been last episode where Adar kind of peels back the the sleeve of the yeah, orc yeah. and burns him in the sun. I think he's wearing like some type of snake skin or something to yeah. kind of protect from the sun. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's those are some big snake skins. Yeah, uh, maybe it is just snake skin. But I I was paying attention to the like their helmets and such mm. as well. This episode it looked very reptilian. Uh, of course, bones and such because a lot of what they had was bones using from whatever they killed, kind of thing. But yeah, I found that very interesting. We really got three the three storylines kind of melding together, mm-hmm. and I kind of blurred a couple lines. And there's a lot of progression in terms of a lot of things tying in together. Mm-hmm. Just like with with Adar, or sorry, Halbrand con- confronting Adar, and then afterwards, um, Adar kind of revealing that he did have some beef with Sauron. Turns out he killed him, which explains why Halbrand was pissed at Adar. So mm-hmm. just kind of furthering the theory that Halbrand is Sauron. That's what I was just reviewing the notes on that was because we get a flashback when Gladriel's questioning yeah. Adar there that he is pissed at Sauron because he was sacrificing orcs at the Forod Way yeah. castle there that they had. And so as we've been able to see this season, Adar is very, he's like, these are my children. They were born of him, it seems. They, they call him father. Yeah, he takes on a fatherly role with him a little bit. Right. And so... 
that they were really dropping some big bombs during this questioning sequence where Sauron is not looking to control the flesh but over the flesh mm-hmm. kind of shit is what he was saying. And yeah. So you you said that he was diving in more into like black magic maybe? The kind knowledge of, so for it? My theory is Sauron was sacrificing all the orcs uh, trying to create a super weapon. I think he's trying to create the ring essentially. Okay. But he doesn't quite know how to do it yet. Um, and so that's what the sword is, because the sword seems to have. Because Sauron's goal is to influence, to control the minds of the leaders, which is mm-hmm. why he gives the rings to the elven leaders, the dwarf leaders, the men leaders. Right. Um, and Ooh, yeah, right. So yeah. you see a little bit of that influence take place with Theo, uh-huh. and he says that he feels powerful when he has the weapon. Okay. Just like how uh, people feel powerful when they have the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely some ties there. The I think the weapon was um, the first kind of attempt at creating the ring, but he was missing something. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what that something is yet. I'm thinking it might be Mithril, but um, there's very, definitely room for that. Very good point because, again, they found Mithril. They were discussing it in the last episode. We have no yeah. – that that's where that left off because there was no Elrond story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just – my mind is racing on it on trying to control over the flesh. They There there has to be more to it. He he was – Yeah. Uh, the, that, the – the rings he's wearing on his uniform are not of his flesh, but over his flesh. I don't know. Let me let me connect some makeup dots here. That might be a little bit of a reach, but I I kind of see where you're going there. You know what? I'm, there there is one thing I'm sticking that, with it that Alar said. So that was he kind of briefly said it, but I was paying attention to this. Uh, he says orcs were created by the one, mm-hmm. so Eruvatar, the god, the the main Valinor, mm-hmm. master. Valinor of the secret fire same as you so master of the secret fire and then i'm pretty sure that's what gandalf says when he's fighting the balrog in uh, fellowship yeah. yeah something like i'm the servant of the secret fire flame of Udun. and then you like yes yeah, so there's some connections there and so okay. i looked up what the secret fire is and so is the that morgoth fire, no 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 it's no. the aspect of aru which okay. is his power of creation the secret fire is the power of creation in Tolkien's world. Life? First light? Life, yeah. Uh, Breath I, of life, basically. I, I was going to say, I was like, there has to be some Christianity crossover because or religious crossover because I know he took so much from that. Very, yeah. very nice. Very nice connection there, Michael. Yeah. I like that. So there's a part here early on where we see Muriel. She's wayfinding. Again, Galadriel's talking... <laughs> Galadriel's talking with Isildur and he they're trying to sail up on Metal Earth right now and Isildur he comes in he eats the apple he feeds it to the horse do you think that's the hoist horse from the last episode <laughs> the hoist horse that we just see dangling from the sky being loaded onto a, boy, a boat so okay for those that missed it it's worth rewatching episode four just for this freaking horse. <laughs> there's, so there's, I don't remember who was talking, but in the back of a scene, you mm-hmm. can see this horse just being hoisted up during. <laughs> <laughs> we missed it the first time. We had I was to like, line, why is, rewind why is there a horse neighing in the background? <laughs> then I look back and there's a freaking horse being hoisted. They're, they're on the dock, <laughs> so they're not like in a horse stable or anything. Yeah, yeah. horse in the middle of the air. air. I, I saw that first thing when. As soon as we saw Isildur, I was like, is that the horse horse? <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious to me. Um, <coughs> um, yeah. So he feeds the app to the horse. 
right? Yeah. Uh, him and Galadriel are talking, uh, then Galadriel's talking to Elendil, yeah. Isildur's father, asking about Isildur's mother. I, yeah. there, we still don't know much about her. Where then uh, Isildur uh, leaves, Elendil says that Isildur's mother drowned. But that's the only explanation he gives. I got some theories. I'm going to come back around to those theories okay. because he uh, he talks more about the mother at the end uh, during Mount Doom. What does he say during during Mount? Oh, okay. The yeah, mother, yeah, yeah. The horse, the horse thing. The hoist horse. Yeah, the hoist I, horse. I get, that's my thing. Um, <laughs> that's my thing. The hoist horse. Uh, so Isildur, she's wayfinding, and she puts over the magnifying glass over we believe is the watchtower of Ostrith, yes. which is where Bronwyn and them are holding out. How does she know about the watchtower? That's a good question. I th- I think it's just kind of um I-, I think it's the watchtower. I'm not sure. You think so? I think it's the watchtower. Or it might just be I think that's a that's a area of significance because like okay. they were charging into that village and they seem to get there like right on time. I, I don't know that, that language. I didn't yeah. have time to transcribe or look it up or anything like that. But we saw the tower there, and it's like, this is where we're headed right now. Uh-huh. To, we assume, that the watchtower. But she did see into the palantir of the destruction uh-huh. and such. And so I didn't know if this was like a palantir yeah. vision that we're missing out on. And she somehow be. knows how where to head. Because we didn't talk about that so before. So the, the palantir vision and... I think this was was fairly metaphorical. You when when the episode opens up a few episodes back with her having that vi- vision or dream or whatever it was of Numenor getting flooded by water, mm-hmm. and then we see the floodgates kind of open up when um, what's his face Waldreg turns the sword key and then creates more the essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we see water fl- flooding in. So I think that scene was actually metaphorical. Okay, them getting flooded was actually them getting Ooh. attacked by Mordor. So the destruction of Numenor happened when Mordor was created by opening the floodgates, basically. Very interesting. Uh, again, we, we have uh, two more episodes. Again, we have like two more episodes, uh, so there's more story to tell about that. Yeah. Because I, I still think Numenor is going to be destroyed. So then, again, Numenor, they, they ride in to go save the day and back up Bronwyn and Arendir stopping at Ar and the Orcs. They end up doing so. We see Isildur. He's in there helping his father and stuff. And then they get to have a father-son moment with the hoist horse. The hoist horse is disgruntled by what Isildur is feeling. Elendil, we heard in the previous episodes that he was elf friend or friend of the elves, however the fuck his name translates. He then is calming down the horse and he says, I learned that from your mother. Was the mother... An elf. elf. That's what yes. I was gonna say. Oh god, we said it at the same time. <laughs> I was thinking. Yeah, and, that's what I'm thinking. And she went back to Valinor. Mm-hmm. You think so? I think so. And that's the voice that uh, Isildur is now hearing. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm thinking because he heard it when she was on the sea, and apparently she was drowned. So there's some connection to water there. Drowned. Drowned. Quote quotes. unquote. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the fact that he kind of seems to have a little bit of. Uh, by he, I mean Elendil, he has uh-huh. some sort of like control over the horse. Yeah. Which, again, there's a lot of tie-ins with this episode with the Lord of the Rings, the two towers, where um, Aragorn, you see a couple, I think this was in Rohan, you see a couple soldiers like kind of struggling with a horse. Yeah. And then Aragorn kind of comes up and he's like, chill out, dude. I forgot her name. But she she says that his name's Brego. Uh-huh. Um, and then like he's able to kind of calm down the horse using his abilities that he learned from elves. 
Interesting. Yeah, because they he has a very good connection with the elves. Is raised in Rivendell. And then again, I guess Elendil would be trying to keep Isildur's mother, uh, Mrs. Elendil, under wraps because Numenor was bitter against the elves. And it explains why Elendil speaks a little elvish True. and he why he's so fond of the elves. Oh my god. So it and, makes sense. And he is now leading the faithful with Muriel, who her dad was a friend of the elves as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Making some connections. We're, we're taking our nerding out to the next level. We're not just the being the casual super fans anymore. So... I was really happy with the way that the battle was filmed. Yeah. Um, although I have a couple things that... Which part of the battle? Because I feel that with the story, they were breaking the battle up. Yeah. W- which part? Describe that for me. Yeah. So, I mean, you had the first kind of battle, if you want to call it that, which was basically Erendir killing a whole bunch of orcs at the Watchtower of Osterith. Gorilla style. Yeah, gorilla style. Just going full-on badass mode on them. Yeah. Um, I mean, he crushed a whole tower on them. Yeah. Uh, which was kind of... Which was definitely a really cool kind of film scene. And then, like, you kind of brought up the question. Like, I was looking at the village and then looking at the defensibility of the tower. Would they have been more successful had they just stayed at the... Like, why would they go to the village? Yeah, because the orcs really had to line up to be... Mm -hmm. To come and attack them kind of thing. They wouldn't be able to uh, surround them or anything or ambush them like they did in the village. That's what we saw is that they, uh, they thought they were ambushing the orcs they were marching back through the village and that they were ambushed and then all of a sudden the orcs were like psych those were actually your crazy people yeah. that uh, deserted you and now we're ambushing you yeah and i was watching the scenes and that battle before they revealed that the people that they were fighting were actually people and not mm-hmm. orcs every bad guy on camera was moving very orc like yeah moving very orc like and then the only close ups that they had like that or boss orcs. battle that, yeah. boss, that boss battle that Aaron Deer had yeah, was Org. With boss Orc. Yeah, he's Boss Orc. And I really like the way Super that they kind orc. of portray... Like, they do a really good job. Um, this series and Lord of the Rings 2 kind of do a really good job of, like, orcs are bred for one thing, and that is to kill people. And you see the, the orc just, like, take the knife out of the eye and try to stab Aaron Deer. Like, no regard for his life, for his mm-hmm. own pain. He just, like, takes the knife out of his eye, which causes him to gush, like, this weird black goo all over that's why I have such a weird connection with what's going on with Adar is mm. because Adar has such a connection for life or you would think yep. so. He has a connection for the orc life because it cracked me up when he came in to uh, find the hilt. He he finally ambushed them all, got them all into the tavern and he was like, give me what I want. And Aaron Deer's like, never, I will never give it to you. Let them go and maybe I'll consider it. And he just looks at him and just starts slaughtering him. Yeah. Him. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm calling your bluff. You think this is a negotiation? Fuck all these people. I'll tear the place apart. I'll find it. <laughs> Which I really like because then Galadriel, she pulled, She was ready to pull that move when she was questioning Adam. Yeah, she was like, She's like, fuck the orcs. Put I'll kill the all of them. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you can definitely tell that there is a level of darkness that they're both on, but they are both fighting for life. So, yeah, basically, I think Adar's kind of mission here is he's trying to create a, a home for the orcs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he, he just wants the orcs to yeah. live in peace away from everybody. Or not even peace, but, like, have their own kind of... <laughs> he's like, orcs, just, I can't imagine orcs Just give peace. me a fucking home. That's yeah. all I want. Leave me alone. Yeah. Kind of thing. 
meanwhile Sauron slaughter, slaughtering all of my people to find some black magic and you're telling me I'm deformed. Yeah. I'm not deformed. Like, I just want a home. Fuck For you guys. For my children. <laughs> he's like, fuck you guys. I want your home now. <laughs> so so he's more than happy to kill humans in search of that home. And yeah. Galadriel is wanting to step up and, and kind of defend. I mean, th- there's a lot of, like, hatred towards the orcs for being twisted versions of elks. Mm-hmm. Elks. Wow, elves there. Elves. It's getting late. Fast my bedtime, apparently. But, <laughs> so that's, so it, it's kind of interesting. They both do have their, their own fair share of darkness, but they also have their own fair share of good as well. Right. That I, I was kind of seeing that again, where I see that with uh, Galadriel and Halbron, that there is a balance of light and dark between the two of them within each other kind of thing i i can i can kind of you can that again that's the theme of the show it seems like yeah that's it, it is the balance it's, of it i mean that's at, at the end of the day that's what tolkien's world is about the battle mm-hmm. between light and dark good and, and evil um you you see that balance the chemistry kind of between the two take forth here when galadriel stops halbrand from killing adar yeah. And then when Halbrand stops Galadriel from killing, from killing Adar. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. They, they, they hold each other accountable. Again, that's what was mixing me up on it. Is this yeah. is Halbrand Sauron? It, they they have to fucking tell us. They un- But then when they unveiled the beef between the two, it made sense. Yeah. Adar apparently killed Sauron, which is why Halbrand, who is Sauron at this point, like, I know for sure. Again, basically. do like, you know who I am? Do yeah, you know exactly. what you did? Give me the meat. Give it to me raw. <laughs> Lying, man. They knew what they were doing. All right. Yeah, I think that, that that hits a lot of everything that I had on there. What else do you got? I mean, that's that's all I really got. There, like, I do have a couple. I kind of... The the main issues that I've had with this sh- with with this episode in particular, where Theo mm-hmm. is Carl, God, girl, <laughs> Carl, he just annoys me, man. Like he does selfish. Like Aaron Deer and Bronwyn are like exactly. They're, they're more than happy to die to keep that sword safe so that they can you know stop the creation of Mordor. And then Theo's like, oh yeah, man, it's it's right under here. Yeah. Which, how did he know where it was when Aaron Deer was like, I'm going to hide the sword and not tell anybody, not even you, Bronwyn. He's like a little crackhead for that sword. He is, man. He, he needs it. Again, Bronwyn was a little, she she was quite G about taking two arrows. She was took two? two arrows, I thought. I think it was one. It just was it one just went through? Yeah. It looked like she took two, but then, yeah, they were sealing up, they were patching her up with the one, and uh, she was a real G of just like, you need to stop the bleeding. Burn yeah. it. Kind of thing. The the cheese. And then she died. But then she didn't die. Yeah. She came back to life. Do you think that we really need her character forward? And that's a good question, you know. Like what role is Bronwyn really playing here? Well, she was the leader of the villagers, and then now that that's been kind of surrendered to Halbrand, it's like what what is she gonna be doing next? Yeah, and they're saved by Numenor. Like I, I don't know if her certain character things. was crucial of her character set me off a little bit. Like they seem a little forced. Yeah. Like when she was kind of lying in bleeding out and she's like, Oh yeah, help that guy over there first. And then he's dude's dead. dead. It's dead. like that's dead, dead, dead. Like I get it. She's trying to show her selflessness, but I don't know that was it needed. 
it was just weird. It was weird kind of how they did Again, it. Again, yeah. I, I felt that they might have put too much into it. It was very action-packed, but then they would really cut it up with the, yeah. the mush. And that, that scene where where um, everybody ran into the keep to kind of take shelter. When, the tavern. Yeah, the tavern yeah. when the orc army was coming through. Did you ever watch Fast and the Furious? Every single one of them. Every single minute of it. Good. Do you know <laughs> Do you know the scene where they're on they're on the runway yeah. and they're like chasing down this plane? The forever runway. The forever runway. <laughs> Hashtag forever runway. So <laughs> that scene in the tavern reminded me of that because like you see the orcs like fifty feet away. Forever orcs away. Yeah, and then like they have this whole like touching scene with Bronwyn trying to heal her up, and that takes like five minutes. It does not take the orcs five minutes to bash in the, to run to the door and to bash it in. Yeah, it's just some wood and like, shit. It's like they just paused out there while they had that touching scene there with Bronwyn. Yeah, and really, uh, Adar could have just burnt the whole place down if yeah. he was ready to go in and just kill every one of them. Yeah, he, he could have done it much faster. I feel like the sword could survive some fire. Well, uh, yeah. Those Do you think the sword was was? Uh, Forged it, the sword was forged at Forwardwaith, where he sacrificed the elves, or it sacrificed the orcs, for the dark magic knowledge to control over flesh. Do you think that that's where that sword came from? Sacrificed where? Forwardwaith, the the castle at Forwardwaith, where Adar was referencing back to, all of his orcs being. Forward, is that the place that? Um, Galadriel discovers in episode one with the Mark of Sauron. Yep. Okay. It's that one. Yeah. Uh, that one makes sense. Yeah. I think that's kind of where the battle between Adar and Halbrand came up. And So there's dark magic to that blade and it uh, is from dark magic orc blood. I don't know. Could be. Uh, maybe they'll dive more into that. Because uh, yeah. it doesn't seem like the, the story with the sword is over. Yeah. I mean, Tolkien in general doesn't really explain too much how his magic system works okay um i'd be interested to see kind of what magic yeah works magically (laughs) i'd be interested to see with i mean how sauron crafted the the blade apparently took sacrifice and all the orcs yeah that i don't know if they're gonna delve into that a little bit but i definitely I i do think that 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 blade was like his first attempt at kind of creating the the ring okay so that's that's my theory more to come. More, More to come, come on that. We'll see. Hopefully. That's that's just about all I got. Um, I really... Like, there's a part of me that hopes that all those characters in the in the village died. But I know that Galadriel can't die. But then she freaking tanked that volcano. Are they going to... Again, I, I have a whole lot more questions about elves. How far do they see? Can they run as fast as a horse? Can, can they smell orcs from over the ridge like an orc smells human flesh yeah kind of thing uh there's i have so many questions and i don't know if there's ever going to be answers they have more developed senses for sure than humans Uh i mean you see that um you you saw that scene with um durin and disa where elrond's kind of watching you can see like from his eyes and then you can also hear he's hearing very clearly Mm -hmm. he's quite a ways away and then you see that, that scene where Gladrill in this episode where Gladrill's like, oh, yeah, I've been seeing it for hours. Yeah. You're going to see it in just a few minutes here. And it's like, can she somehow see over the curve of the earth? That's uh, a good point. Like, I don't know. So they definitely have more advanced senses. They definitely have um, superior strength. So you're telling me that Middle Earth is not flat. So Middle Earth could be flat. 
Flat memoirs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hashtag Question. Flat Metal Earthers. Question for the audience. Is Middle Earth flat? Prove it. Comment down below. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I, I didn't think about that before. I'm like, she can see it and be like, oh, well, the, there is a curve to the Earth, naturally. But it's Middle Earth. It's not our Earth. That's, that's funny shit. All right. That's, that's about all I got for this episode. Uh, I, I hit all of my points, even even then some. Yeah, I mean, I could talk all day Lord of the Rings, but I'll save it. We'll save it because we've still got two more episodes. We've got episode seven, and then we have the season finale of episode eight yeah. here. So, cool. Uh, episode five, Rings of Power. Uh, episode six, Rings of Power. Episode six, Rings of Power, MDC episode, Who who's even counting anymore? Uh, this is Cody. That's my boy, Michael. We're out. This has been MDC Podcast. We want to thank you for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe, and tell Grandma. We're dropping new episodes every Sunday and Thursday. Let us hear what we should do next down in the comments. Numere, you dorks. Yeah.